Welcome to Women Finding Clarity, the podcast that ignites your inner power and guides you on a journey to uncover the boundless potential of the universe. I'm Pascal Cook Fernandes, your podcast host, business mentor, resident Reiki master, and abundantly aligned heart-centered friend. Join me every Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern time as we embark on a transformative adventure where we align our energies elevate our businesses, and thrive in every aspect of life. If you're an entrepreneur seeking lasting success and are ready to call in abundance like never before, you're in the right place. Remember, the universe is abundant and success is your birthright. Let's align, elevate, and thrive together, one conversation at a time. Hello, hello, and welcome to Women Finding Clarity. I'm your host, Pascal Cook Fernandes. I was recently visiting my doctor for a routine med check appointment, and it got me to thinking as women, we have so many well visits that we go to throughout the year with doctors of one kind or another, and we make these visits a priority but we don't keep our soul selves in check with routine soul wellness visits. Shouldn't that be a priority as well? So here's what I'm proposing. First, any past, present, or future client of mine, let's make it routine to check in on the wellness of your soul, the health and happiness of your life and your business each year. Doesn't that sound amazing? That's why I'm offering my clients, past and current, the option of a yearly soul wellness session. Because I know that true happiness is when, no matter what's going on all around you, all is still right with your soul, in life and in business. Your yearly soul wellness session is 60 minutes just for you, where together we will unpack what's been happening in your life, where you are currently, and set some goals for the future. You will leave your soul wellness session with a mini plan to keep you moving forward in the right direction, one step at a time. A soul wellness visit is valued at $200. All past clients will receive 50% off their soul wellness session because I appreciate you and I appreciate your continued focus on raising your own vibration. If you are currently enrolled in a program at Women Finding Clarity, your annual soul wellness session is now a free bonus included in your program. Not a client yet? That's okay. You're still welcome to book your soul wellness session. Your physical body is tended to, but how is your soul? Let's have a routine soul wellness session so we can align, elevate, and thrive together. The link to book your soul wellness session is in show notes, and I can't wait to see you there. My guest this evening is my friend and colleague, Jamie Chapman. Jamie is a consultant for small business owners like you who are ready to feel more positive and excited about the business you're building. Yes, it's really possible. She takes a holistic view of life and business and loves working with compassionate, empathic human beings who want to thrive in all areas of life and grow strategically and systematically. 
She doesn't believe in cookie cutter solutions for your business. She takes an individualized, multifaceted approach to problem solving so you can move forward in a way that's unique to you. Being a consultant for small businesses is her zone of genius and her goal is to empower you to be successful in yours. Without further ado, welcome to Women Finding Clarity, my friend, Jamie Chapman. Jamie Chapman, I'm so happy to have you here. I'm so excited to be here, Pascal. This has been a long time in the making, right? Because you and I connected, was it just only a year ago? At the South South Shore Conference. Yes, South Shore Conference for Women. I was on a panel. Jamie comes up afterwards and is like, we need to connect, da, da, da. She lives locally to me, um, South Shore of Massachusetts. And honestly, I feel like I've had gaga eyes for you ever since then, because you're such an amazing person. Oh, thank you. I definitely had gaga eyes for you, you know, sitting, watching you on that panel. I was like, I need to know this woman. This woman needs to be in community with me. I love everything that's coming out of her mouth and I need more of that. (laughs) Yes. And so that's the word that I'm going to hone in on right now with you is community because that's what you are. You're a community builder, right? I am. Um, I think it started when I stepped out of working for someone else and working for myself And I was searching for community, a place where I felt that I fit in and that I liked what was happening and what was being said and what was being done and the community that was being cultivated. And I just couldn't find what I was looking for. So I created it myself. I love it. So I know what you do. And also you do so much that let's just get into it a little bit, um, Yes, you were looking for community. Yes, you were looking for like-mindedness. Let's talk about what you do and how you ended up doing it because you're so fascinating. Okay. Uh, well, I I like to call myself a business consultant um, because I love the strategy of business. I have a lot of entrepreneurial experience working for other people in service and product-based business. Um, been a bookkeeper, been a photographer, been a lot of different things in my life. Um, And then after the pandemic realized I was tired of doing it for other people and I really wanted to do it for myself. And what I learned in meeting with people in the online space during a pandemic was that entrepreneurs are outside of the box thinkers. Uh, They're idea generators, but what I found was they're not always idea executors. And that really paired well with my personal life um, with children. I have identical twin boys that are now 17 um, who were diagnosed with ADHD in middle school. And it has been a lifetime of supporting them through a school system that isn't meant for them and um, just the way that their minds work differently. And I kind of became a like inner brain geek and I love neuroscience and learning how their brains work and I realized that I could bring those two things together, my business experience and my passion for supporting humans that are just trying to get through the world um, as a neurodivergent human. And so I like to say that I'm a business consultant for minds of all kinds. Um, And I help them through multiple, finding tools that work best for them. I feel like there's a lot of shoulds in the entrepreneurial online space of things you should be doing. 
And I like to work with humans one-on-one to find out what's best for them to help them get it done. Um, So one of the ways I do that is through a technique, it's mind mapping. I've branded it uh, mind sweep mapping because I like mind sweep better than brain dump. And I help them kind of take all of their, I like to call them puzzle pieces that are going on in their head, all those ideas and um, curiosities that they have and throwing all their puzzle pieces down on a piece of paper. And then I help them organize it and give them actionable steps to help them execute their ideas. I feel like I have to take a deep breath. That was so much. You guys, I told you, like, she's such an interesting person. You're so interesting, Jamie. (laughs) that was a lot to unpack. And I love the whole inner brain geek. Like that's who you are. And I find the brain to be so fascinating and so overwhelming at the same time, because I feel like the more we know, the less we know. So true. Yeah. Yeah. And so I learn so much from you all the time. And when you hear like inner brain geek and you start talking about mind mapping and it can feel overwhelming to a person, especially to an entrepreneur. And at the same time, you break it down and you make it so clear. This is how what you're going through relates to the way your brain works and fascinating. So I was diagnosed with ADHD as an adult. My doctor thinks that there's a good chance that my depression diagnoses from 17, 18 years ago was actually a misdiagnosis that should have been ADHD. Do you hear that a lot? I found that a lot when I entered this space. Not only are um, people misdiagnosed younger with things that are um, actually caused by ADHD, but women especially. I think boys and men are diagnosed easier because they show it outwardly where women tend to mask their symptoms. Nope, I'm fine. Nope, I've got it. We're the caretakers. We're the doers. We're the, you know, I got you. Um, And so it's easy for women to be misdiagnosed or misdiagnosis. Absolutely. And I love that you brought in like the difference between men and women, because not in a sexist way, but for me, that really shows up energetically because there's masculine energy of like you were saying, like, get it done, rah, rah, rah. You can show all that stuff outwardly, that push and delegation and, but the feminine energy is I'll take care of it. I'll take care of you. I'll take care of everyone. Come come into my circle, I'll envelop you, right? And we take on too much. And so that's one of the things my doctor said to me was the reason for the misdiagnoses. I said, I was successful in school. Like, I don't understand why this showed up for me then after I had children. And she said, here's why. Because up until that point, you had been very structured in a home life with your parents, in school, everything was structured for you. And once things started to change and you had to be in charge and in control of the structure, your brain didn't know how to do that. Fascinating. 
Yeah. ADHD brains um, love routine and we love um, habits. And I think, I don't think it's a surprise that you did well in school. Like I said about masking the, the behavior too, right? I mean, if somebody told you that you had a paper due, you know, on Friday, you want to hide the fact that you might be struggling to sit down and write it and you might wait till the last minute to do it. But then as a mom, you're the one that's supposed to set the routine and set the tone and keep all the plates spinning in the air. And you just can't do that on your own. Yeah, so very true. And even now, what I find is, you know, in school, yeah, it was a paper due, but now it's, oh, I have to make a video because one of my colleagues wants to post it on her social media and she needs it by this date, guess what? I'm going to make that video about an hour and a half before it's time to turn it into her. And so I'm 48, Jamie, like what? I feel like I should have learned this lesson. And so talking with you and learning from you, it kind of not gives me a free pass, but lets me understand, okay, your brain can't quote unquote, help it. And what strategies are you putting in place to alleviate that pressure for yourself? Yeah. And they don't look like everybody else's. Um, you know, that goes back to the shoulds. You may look online for strategies to help you be successful as an entrepreneur, but they just may not work the way that your brain understands them. Um, and you're prone to procrastination for a lot of different reasons. It could be that the task is just too big and you don't know how to break it up into smaller actionable steps. Um, or the time blindness is a real thing too. Not realizing like, oh, that day is tomorrow. Huh? I should really get that thing done. <laughs> um, and then sometimes, you know, and it's important to have self-compassion for yourself in the way that your brain operates. It's not wrong. It's not broken. It's not a disability. It's just different. And the more that I research and learn for myself, the more I realize how unique all of our brains are. There are no two brains that are the same. Yeah. And that piece about self-compassion is so true because the should in itself is judgment. You, I should do that. I should go to the gym. I should eat healthier. I should have already made that video, right? The should, it's just another word for I'm judging myself. And it's natural. Our brains naturally do that to keep us safe, right? That's our central nervous system talking to our brain going, oh no, that's too vulnerable. That's very scary. I can't put myself out there, right? It is taking, I like to call it the power of the pause, just pausing, letting that feeling come and go, sitting in the uncomfortable once you're able to regulate your nervous system, you then can access the prefrontal cortex of your brain where good decisions are made. Yeah, beautiful. So tell me, you know, we started talking about community. How does all of this, how do you see all of this coming together in community? How do you see me talking about, oh, I was diagnosed later in life with ADHD as a woman. Um, these are the things I've struggled with. How do you bring that together in community? And what does it mean to you? Oh, I get like goosebumps when I think about community. I, um, like I mentioned, I, I wanted to start a community that I felt 
that I really belonged, which is this outside of the box thinker that's really curious and wanted to create a space to bring all of these different kinds of minds in to consider different perspectives. Uh, and that's where I developed um, curated conversations. So for a couple of years now, Monday mornings at 8 a.m., which I know is super early, um, <laughs> a bunch of women have been getting together and I curate a topic each month. Um, sometimes it's things like ego, relationship. Um, we just finished compassion this month. And I structure it in a way that I want to make sure we're touching on. I'm a little bit of a word nerd too. So I want to like think about the definition. What does it really mean? You know, we go through life just like ego. Oh yeah, I know what that is. But you don't, right? You don't until you start to really dig. Um, so the first week we're talking about the word and just allowing all these different perspectives to come up and talk about them in a safe space. And then the business hat that I like to put on the following week, um, I want to bring that word to your business. How does ego relate to your business? Why are relationships important um, as an entrepreneur? Where does compassion show up for yourself and how you're functioning in your business, but also your clients? Do you need to show compassion for them? And what does that look like? And how do you, how do you receive compassion? Oh, the topic just like was so exciting this month. And then the third week, we talk about um, the brain science, so the neuroscience behind it, and how our brains are functioning and how things are working so we get a better understanding of what is ours and what is just natural um, experiences in our bodies. And then the last week is a culmination of all three weeks, just kind of like a what's on my mind, what's my take, what have I learned, what have you learned, um, and talking about different perspectives in a safe environment. I have been to, I don't want to use the word many because it's not as many as I want. I want to come to all of them. And also what I know about myself to be very true is I'm not a morning person. And so what I had to do is set alarms for the ones that I was coming to. So I'd set my normal alarm to wake up. And then I set one called curated conversations starting in 15 minutes. I have shown up to them, Jamie, um, dressed, hair done, looking like I'm ready to go. I've shown up in a sweatshirt with no bra. I haven't combed my hair and I haven't brushed my teeth. That's how we really like you to come <laughs> because it is such a place of no judgment. And I even joke like it started as a coffee connect and I love coffee. That's kind of my thing. Um, but I don't care if there's whiskey in your glass. I'm not going to tell anybody. I love it. I love it so much. You're, you're seriously the cutest thing. And I just want to add that I love how your email has like a, buy me a cup of coffee, right? Because we always want to support other people. You know, I, I was going to say women, but it's not true. I think it's human nature to want to support. And that's the feminine energy that we all have, because the truth is, Every man, every woman, every person carries both feminine and masculine energy. And the goal is to try to balance those. And so that was just a little quick left turn to say why I wasn't going to say just feminine. But as people, we love to support each other. And that's such a great way of not asking, like, I'm not asking you to invest your life savings. 
I'm just showing you, this is a great way to support me. Buy me a cup of coffee. Because if I saw you behind me in a line at Dunkin' Donut, heck yeah, I'd be like, and can I pay for the person behind me? I just think it's beautiful. It's such a great way to pay it forward. And just by buying someone a cup of coffee, you feel so uplifted in your whole day. And something that came up in this month for compassion is how easy we are to give compassion to others and how uncomfortable it is to receive. You know, there are some women like, no, 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 you don't need to pay for my coffee. Um, no, 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 I don't, I don't need help, right? Like I've, I've got this. And I made a really bold statement that really struck a couple women in that I don't think you can truly be compassionate for others until you have self-compassion first. That is very bold and it was a hundred percent spot on mic drop. <laughs> One of the things that I talk about in my program at Women Finding Clarity is giving and receiving, right? And so this whole compassion conversation is so in line with that. And I've talked about it on the show before, but I'm going to talk about it again because you brought it up and it's so important. We give and receive if I'm going to hand you something, think about where your hands are in relation to your body, right? They're in front of your heart. I'm reaching out from my heart space and I'm giving to you. And what we know about energy, energy is it flows, right? So if I give to you, that's energy that I'm giving to you. But if you then want to give to me and I'm not willing to receive it, I block it then that circuit of energy cannot be complete. So I can't be giving in a hundred percent of my authenticity if I'm not also willing to receive a hundred percent. It's hard. And it's un yeah, it's uncomfortable for women, but I think it's a practice. I yes. think it's how we learn. And that that piece of um, receiving a cup of coffee is that practice, right? Yes. Just it's those small beautiful. steps. Yeah. Small steps. And the other thing that I want to say about it is even giving can be uncomfortable sometimes because for me, I don't know how many other people would raise their hand to this, but I want to give, but also I don't want to make you feel uncomfortable. Right. And so by putting that little button there that says, buy me a cup of coffee or by just buying the cup of coffee for the person behind you at Dunkin' Donut, what that's doing is, like you said, practicing. I'm practicing giving even in small amounts because the smallest things are still the most valuable. Yeah. Something that came up during our conversation about compassion was, and you're, you mentioned about like the receiving piece because sometimes we don't know what people need. A lot of people can find themselves feeling uncomfortable with the discomfort of someone else and try and jump in to try and rescue or save. And that may not be what they're looking for. And Kate Hollis shared a tool with me that came from a children's book that I loved so much that I wrote a blog about it. Um, do you want to be heard? Do you want to be helped? Or do you want to be hugged? And when you think about that, right, it's like, what do you need? Because compassion is the action of empathy. It's one thing to sit in empathy uh, and consider someone else's perspective. But maybe you just want to share something with me because you just want to be heard. 
Maybe you just want to get it out because it's been sitting inside of you. Um, maybe you just want to be hugged and you don't want to talk about it at all. And sometimes you do want support and it takes a lot to, to ask for it. But for people just to jump in and take over, that isn't always what, you know, some uh, another human might be looking for. Yeah. And I would dare say it's usually not what the other human is looking for. There are occasions for sure. When I have looked at my husband and said, take it, it's yours. I can't do this right now. Or I've looked at my best friend and said, I need you to handle this for me. I just can't. Right. But I would venture to say the larger portion of people aren't looking for that. They're looking for what you offered here. Do you want to be heard, helped, or hugged? Yeah, and I, I had another experience on Friday. Um, I have an in-person gathering, and we pulled a, a, an oracle card from the Wild Offering Oracle deck, and the card was change. And it brought up a lot of emotion for someone that was there, and the, the emotion started to like spill out of her eyes and she really just, um, she was kind of taken aback, didn't really have the words. And we all just sat in comfort, um, in a comfortable position of saying like, this is what she needs in this moment. And after a moment had passed, I said, you know, Hey, we've been working on this tool. Can I be, you know, can I be of assistance? Do you want to be heard, helped or hugged? And she said, I just want to be here. I was like, another H. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> it was really, you know, here in community, here where I can be vulnerable, here where I can just let the feelings spill out, here where I can just be myself. And it was such, such a beautiful moment. Oh, <laughs> that already my mind talk about mind mapping. I'm like, oh, I just want to be here. Okay. The universe puts you exactly where you're supposed to be. The universe takes you to where you're supposed to be. Now, continue on with mind mapping. My next thought is um, the Buddha said when the teacher or when the student is ready, the teacher will appear, right? And then my third little spindle off of the mind mapping is this is what you've created. You've created here. Oh, wait, there's a fourth. Eckhart Tolle, who I always say, I wish I could carry him in my pocket. I love him so much, would say, your here is your now. And that was what was most powerful for her in that moment was her here, her now. And it brought together all the things. She was ready for the teacher. She was in the now moment. She was sitting in that space and being held. She was, wow. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you for giving me a space to do that. When we think about the brain, it feels very scientific. It feels very cold. It feels very rigid. Like this is the science, right? What you just talked about is the science. I read a book recently. I don't remember the name of it, but it's on the ideas that neuroscience is starting to catch up with Buddhism. And I'm really glad that someone wrote that book. Um, where neuroscience is just touching the tip of the iceberg of what is, but I think we've known mm -hmm. and, you know, to bring it full circle, it's community. We need 
community, especially after these past few years that we've been through together. Yeah. I think last year was um, kind of the PTSD of it. And <laughs> we might now be able to feel a little more rooted in the direction we want to go. Yes. And that's such a great way to think about it. The PTSD of it all, right? Because it was, because the world was on fire. Everyone felt like the sky was falling. There was so much trauma. There was so much loss. There was, and physical loss of life, loss of community. Oh, there it is again. Community loss of connection, loss of feeling empowered, loss of just, we could go on and on. Right. And so, yes, I agree. Last year was the PTSD of it all. And I think we've been starting to put out fires, Mm -hmm. right. And what does it take? Like in my mind, as I'm talking about this, I'm picturing a bucket brigade, brigade, That word was just so hard, a bucket brigade, right? It's like one person handing a bucket of water to the next person, to the next person who's finally going to throw it on the fire. And we need that. We need the community to have the bucket brigade. Yeah. Chills, chills everywhere. I agree with you so much. And with that book and the whole idea that science and Buddhism are coming together. And I'll take it a step further because I talk about this too in a small degree is I don't think it's just Buddhism. What I'm noticing is religion. I think since the beginning of time, we have all been trying because it's what our brains do. We've been trying to make meaning of it all, right? We've been trying to organize file folders of what everything is, of what we can expect because it keeps us safe. Yeah, absolutely. And I've said forever, I really think all religion is basically the same. We just call it different things and we maybe have different practices. But at the end of the day, what it all comes down to is love. The whole reason we're here is love a love that's greater than us and aspiring to be that love, to give that love, to receive that love. And everything we do comes from that place of wanting to be love. It's so funny. My friend, Virginia Labasi would say, we don't live in a vacuum. I was just having this conversation with my son yesterday about religion. I was brought up under a certain religion And he was asking me what that was like, because he's growing up in a different way. And I started to share and I said, you know what I remember about church? Getting together for Strawberry Shortcake Festival and having um, games for the kids and having yard sales and having like, and every Sunday we got up, we got dressed and we went to be together. Community. It didn't matter what the man in the robe was saying to me, especially as a kid, I was like, is he done talking so we can go play with the kids in the backyard? (laughs) Right. As a kid, you're like, please just stop talking. So I don't fall asleep. Right. (laughs) Yeah. At least we got to sing. 
Yeah. Right. I know. I know. I would feel myself like starting to lay over on my mom or lay over on my grandmother and being like, Oh, this feels so good. I'm just going to pretend I'm snuggling while I doze. (laughs) And think about how much it's changed since, I mean, I'm not sure what your insular family is like now, but my kids don't see their grandparents every weekend. No. Right. But I did. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Family, community gathering, making, holding the space for it. And I think that that is what we're missing is again, right back to community is we've tried so hard to say, no, this is what I think it is. No, this is what I think it is that that pushes people away instead of being welcoming arms open saying what we're all looking for is love and it's here And you're welcome to join us. My arms are open. Come in. It doesn't matter the why or the how or the whatever. We're all, I have chills all over my body. So I know it's true. Like we're all just here for love. Pascal, it's Mondays at eight. I know. (laughs) Man, I'm telling you every time I miss it, I'm just like, swear too much on the show, but sometimes, man. And by the way, Virginia Labasi, I met her through you and curated conversations and she's been on the show. I adore her. I adore her podcast. She's got such beautiful energy and this is what happens. Yeah. We come into community and we meet other people that maybe we wouldn't have met otherwise. And we realize I relate to you on this level. And then we meet someone else and we realize, oh, but there's this other part of me that's different than that. And I relate to you on this level. And your Monday mornings at eight o'clock are awakening. They really are literally and figuratively. (laughs) All right. I'm coming in my pajamas on Monday. I can't stand it. (laughs) Come as you are. Come as you are. That is beautiful. And that's community. Mm, 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 mm. All right. So I know that we're getting close to the end of our time together. And so before we go, is there anything you have new and exciting that maybe you want to tell people about, share? Yeah, uh, always. (laughs) Always. That's how I'm asking you the question. That's the word that came to my mind. Like, of course, always. Always. I always have something. Um, This summer, I had the extreme pleasure of running my first, I I would call successful group program. I do a lot of one-on-one and I love that intimate relationship of one-on-one and really getting to know a human and their business and how they move about the world and how I can support them. Um, But I, and then I also have a little bit of a soapbox about entrepreneurs the message out there is like, you can, you know, you don't have to work a lot and you make a lot of money and you don't have to work in the summer. And I really want to debunk that because it's just not how business works. Um, But I work with women that are not just chasing the green pieces of paper of appreciation They're They really, they want to have a successful business so they can live the life that they like to live. Um, So I encouraged a few women to gather for summer camp and created this community where we got together and really got to deeply know each other and who we were, the gifts we bring to the world and 
develop something to really put out into the world for the fall so they'd be prepared and I was like 90 minutes a week that's it if you just do 90 minutes a week on your business you're going to have one percent growth and you're going to be ready for the fall when everybody else is scrambling and I had four beautiful women gather and the feedback was unbelievable it was something I just never when I was creating it it just it, it was way more than I could have ever imagined and when I asked them what they would do differently, they were like, longer. Six weeks was not long enough. So I, for them and anyone else that would like to join us, have created the Entrepreneur's Brain Trust. Um, I want to support entrepreneurs in pursuing their profitable ideas. And it's a membership-based community that creates a safe and inclusive space for entrepreneurs to cultivate new relationships to inspire personal and professional growth and explore possibilities. And all of that information and all of my links and newsletter and curated and all of that can be found on my website at chickbookcreative.com. And it's a playoff of QuickBooks, but it's Chick Books. Which I love. Thanks. <laughs> You're seriously, that's, this is what I'm saying. You're just so multifaceted. You're so fun. You're so real. That's Probably the thing I love the most about you is your authenticity. You're just like, this is who I am. I'm here. Come and be with me too. Be who yeah. you are. I love it. Yeah. Thank you. Mm -hmm. I feel the, the feeling is very mutual. I fell in love with you the moment I laid my eyes on you. <laughs> well, we know that the universe, universal law, like attracts like, right? That's right. That's yeah. right. So before we close out, we haven't talked about this. So I'm wondering... What is your favorite book? Oh, no. Oh, yeah. I feel like I'm cheating on all the other books. I know. Right? <laughs> I do have one that's my go-to. I'm not going to lie. My most favorite book of all time is The Red Tent. Ooh. And the reason I feel like it's my most favorite book is because I've never been able, I feel... I've never felt like I've been easily able to connect to other women, right? Mm -hmm. And the Red Tent celebrates that. It celebrates the connection, the support, the uplifting, the being there when you're happy, being there to hold each other when you're sad, like all the things. Mm, I love the Red Tent. Um, and a lot of what I read is more self-development or educational, right? And that's all of that. And also very just heart. It just squeezes my heart. Yeah. Yeah. I still don't want, I'm really struggling with this question, Pascal. I don't know that I, I think, I mean, when you talked about professional development, um, think twice really resonated with me because I'm a deep thinker and a curious person. And think twice allows you to consider other perspectives and, and teaches you about perspective taking. Um, I really love that. But then I also just, Kate Hollis recommended through her podcast, The House of the Cerulean Sea, which is a young, um, young adult book, but it's about these magical youth in an orphanage. And this man goes over to like, make sure they're following rules and re regulations. And then it's a gay love story. And it's so good. Oh, your face. Oh, you're just <laughs> the cutest thing. That's amazing. What's it called again? The House of the Cerulean Sea. Cerulean Sea. Mm. Wow. 
Okay. And I know that's not a fair question, right? Because I know, like I'm looking at your bookshelf right now. Come on. It's a lot of books. That's the small one. <laughs> <laughs> right. My, my um, primary bedroom has a wall that has a built-in bookshelf. That's my dream. Yeah. That's my dream. Um, tell me what's your favorite color? Purple. Why? Um, it ha it's a knowing it's a, um, I don't know. It just, it's, I'm at a loss for words. I just know. Yeah. <laughs> and that's okay. Weird. Yeah. Because you know what? That's what purple is in the energy work and in chakras. Your purple is your crown chakra. It's your connection to all that is. See, that's why. And I just, exactly. Always been my favorite color. That's why. Um, if there is one beautiful intention that you can leave everyone with today, what would it be? You can do it. You can do it. Yeah, you can. It may feel hard or it may be uncomfortable or it may be confusing or all of those words that we put in our way, but you can. You can. You can use all of those words as stepping stones to get to the thing you want to get to, right? Yeah. You can. Yeah. Jamie Chapman, I love and adore you. I'm so happy you were here and I appreciate you so much in this whole big universe. Thank you, Pascal. It's such an honor to, to be here and to see your face. And I'm glad we can meet in the afternoon when you're at your best. And I hope to see you um, soon in the morning. We miss your face. I'm putting an attention right now that I will be there on Monday morning. And my hair is going to look like this wonky. And I'm glad it's not smell-o-vision because I probably will not have brushed my teeth, but I'll have a hot cup of coffee and I am going to be there. We're starting a new topic on Monday. I look forward to having you. I can't wait. How much of a beautiful light does Jamie put into this world? Now you can see why I love her so much and I'm sure that you do too. You can learn more about and connect with Jamie from her link in show notes and be sure to tell her that Pascal sent you. Remember, the universe is abundant and success is your birthright. Let's align, elevate, and thrive together, one conversation at a time. Thank you for being in our Women Finding Clarity community. If you're enjoying this podcast, please consider leaving us a five-star rating and review on your favorite listening platform and share it with someone you know so they can find clarity from the conversation as well. Remember, the universe is abundant and success is your birthright. Let's align, elevate, and thrive together, one conversation at a time. See you next week.